0: To help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Ever since we saw For King and Country in concert this summer, my daughter Meredith has wanted me to use Burn the Ships on the podcast. So today is the day. So to set us up for where we're going to head in scripture, I need to tell you where this phrase burn the ships, comes from. And in a brief paragraph that I found on Biography.com, it says this. In 1518, Hernando Cortes, a Spanish conquista- conquistador, was to command his own expedition to Mexico, but Velasquez, his ruler, canceled it. And in a mutinous act of defiance, Cortes ignored the order, setting sail for Mexico with more than 500 men and 11 ships that year. And in February 1519, the expedition reached the Mexican coast... And by some accounts, Cortes then had all his ships destroyed except one, which he sent back to Spain. This brazen decision eliminated the possibility of any retreat. So, it is this brazen decision eliminating any possibility of retreat that For King and Country is referring to when they wrote this song. They wrote it in light of a very personal story that I will go ahead and link to in the show notes. But I think even without the song story, you can understand that there are dirty, cramped places in our lives, like a fleet of ships after a long voyage, that somehow seem very comfortable when compared to the wilderness of a new land. Even if that land offers freedom and fresh air and new life and treasure and adventure... The fear of the unknown keeps us in bondage to our past. And as ironic as it is, we find comfort in our shame and our guilt or comfort in our religious practices and our checklist faith. The call today is burn the ships. And as always, I can't wait to dive into scripture. But first, let's listen. We've got to the ships, cut the ties, send the flame to the night. Say a prayer, turn the tide, dry your tears and wave goodbye. Step into a new In his letter to the Philippians, Paul is speaking about pressing forward. When he says this in verses thirteen and fourteen of chapter three, he says, "One thing I do: forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus." Now, forgetting what is behind, burn the ships. The prize for which I'm called, God has called me heavenward, is far better than anything. I'm leaving behind. But let's take it all in in context. Now one of my favorite Bible interaction tool exercises, I call these Bites, is to read in context. So generally when I engage a short letter like Philippians, like this one, it's four chapters, I read the whole thing. I mean, I wouldn't go down to my mailbox and take a letter out and turn to page three and start reading. So it just doesn't make sense for me to read the epistles of the Bible in this way. After all, like I said, Philippians is just four chapters. So I start my engagement with scripture by reading it all the way through. So the next bite that I used is to listen to an audio version of the letter. And I like the U version app for this. Um, And so if you can get that app, I have an iPhone, but I think it's on Android devices as well. So I'll listen to one version of Philippians, maybe the New International version, and then I listened again. That's the bite of repetition. And this time I doubled down and I used the bite of listening in a different translation. So my favorite translations are the English Standard Version, the New Living Translation, and the NIV I actually, however, memorized Philippians in high school in the King James version. So sometimes I like to pull that one out for old time's sake, see how much I can remember quoting it. But once I've done that, so that's usually how I start my week. So I know um, in any given week that I, what I'm going to be doing next week, right? So I announce it at the end of every podcast episode. If you listen all the way through kind of the fluff at the end, I always announce what song I'm going to use next week. And so generally at that point, I kind of know where I'm going to go in scripture too. And that's where I head over. It's just not really magic, right? So I'm going to head in that direction, Really read in context. And um, I so I often use the audio version idea. You know, I'll put it in my car on my way to work or as I'm getting ready in the morning and things like that. And just let myself listen to it. The repetition of it and the audio and uh, paired with reading really does help. I don't want you to just go to ignore that. I want you to try to incorporate that into your routine. But now I'm ready to focus in on page three of the letter. (laughs) All right. I mean, chapter three, right? So where are key phrases located for getting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead? is in chapter 3. And if I'm going to burn the ships in my life, I need to forget what is behind. And Paul really lays out what he's forgetting here. And then I need to strain toward what is ahead. And Paul describes this as well. So not only can we learn about Paul from this letter, but we can learn from him as well. So let's go ahead and dive in. Now, chapter three starts out with a command and a warning. It says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Ah, repetition is helpful, is what he's saying. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh though I myself has, have reasons for such confidence. All right, so the command here is to rejoice in the Lord. And you could stop here and kind of do a word study on rejoice. And you could talk about how the verb that is connected to the object of the verb is the Lord. And so again, we're called to rejoice, not in our circumstances, not in our position, and not in our flesh, which is what we're getting ready to talk about. But in the Lord. And then there's a warning there to watch out for mutilators of the flesh. And we could do a little bit more study there just to see what Paul is talking about. We might use some outside resources and all of that. I'm going to kind of skip over that for now because the big summary statement here is that we put no confidence in the flesh. So we don't serve God by our own will. We serve by his spirit, right? That's what Paul's saying here. We don't boast in ourselves. We boast in Christ Jesus. Thus, we don't put confidence in the flesh. We don't put confidence in our flesh. And can I just stop right now and say that that is not the message we're getting from the world. The message from the world is the only confidence you can have is in yourself. And while that message may sell books and it might make you feel powerful, and in control, it is not biblical. So what's interesting here is that Paul then goes on into a litany of why he should have confidence in himself. (laughs) I just find that ironic, right? So if we read, it says, "If if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. That's what Paul says in verse four, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee as for zeal persecuting the church as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. What would your list be? Are you a confident person? I am. I don't have the spiritual pedigree of Paul, but I have been an active follower of Christ my whole life. I've been a Sunday school teacher and a public speaker. I've had this podcast for 289 episodes. I work at a Christian school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you can't think of anything that would give you confidence. Maybe when challenged with this type of exercise, you would rather list the ways you're pretty sure God can't use you. Maybe you're an addict or you scream at your kids. Oh, wait, that's me but I didn't put that one on my confidence list, right? Or you don't have a degree and you're pretty sure anyone without one of those surely can't be used by God. Or you don't come from a good home background, etc, etc, etc. By the way, both of those lists are from different sides of the same coin. Both of those lists puts it all on us. But If we go back to the historical context of what we're reading, and that's a bite, by the way, considering the historical context, which almost always has to be partnered with the bite of using an outside resource because, in general, we're not going to discover the culture of the times by merely reading the Bible. A little outside research is usually in order for that. So, But let's just say, in this case, you don't go off and find an outside resource, but you do go ahead and read the Old Testament. You can see all of the things that Paul is listing here would be what a good Jew, quote-unquote, Would be about, right? So he says he's circumcised on the eighth day, and this means that his parents obviously were all about the rules, Uh, and so they followed the rules and circumcised him on the eighth day as the law requires of the people of Israel, meaning he belongs to God's chosen people. Of the he he was born into it though, by the way, of the tribe of Benjamin. Just further description: original twelve tribes, baby, right? A Hebrew of Hebrews. So it's kind of like the summary statement. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was circumcised the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. And then he goes on to say in regard to the law of Pharisee. Now, this is a member of the religious rulers of the day, highly educated and set apart that way. As for zeal, persecuting the church. Why would you put that on your list of things of being confident in the flesh? Well, because as a good Pharisee, you would have been against those Jesus followers. You know, they did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. You can actually read more about Paul's persecution of the church. If you wanted to take the bite, the Bible interaction tool exercise of following the cross references and read the beginning of Acts, you'll see how Paul persecuted the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless, really faultless, Paul, you were perfect uh, I'm not too sure about that, but he was definite a definite rule follower, and it makes me think of that young ruler who had obeyed the law since he was a young boy, but wouldn't give up his stuff to follow Jesus, or the time when God said he preferred mercy to sacrifices. So I think he was just trying to make the point, not that he was perfect or call himself perfect, but just this idea that if you had confidence in the flesh, I have more. And so it seems... In our world and in Paul's, this is, would have been a pretty good list to start from. You know, good old-fashioned, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me pep talk for sure. Um, just, so let's bring it around to our world. It would have been as if you would have achieved it all in today's world. You have the right spouse, the right car, the right house, the right job, the best behaved kids, the highly degreed, uh, pedigreed family, the best education, the biggest 401k and the brightest future. Well, here's what Paul has to say about that in verse seven, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So he knows he just listed out gains, but he considers them loss for the sake of Christ. And then he goes one step further in verse eight. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now, that's just verse 8 through 11. And there is so much in there. And I have to break it apart in my head. And so the way I do that is I take the bite of slowing down. And I just start to take it apart thought by thought. So I hop back up to verse 7 and see that Paul considers his gains a loss for the sake of Christ. So all that list. Everything that would have been important in the world that day. And in verse 8 then Paul says he considers everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And I want to think about that word Everything because it com- it's going to come back around to the point that we're trying to make. remember that coin that I mentioned uh, maybe you're a confident one like me and think of gains when you think of yourself. but here Paul distinctly says his gains and all the other stuff, the qualifications and all the mess. he considers everything a loss because because of but for compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. Uh, He says he considers them garbage, which is another word for refuse or dung or that which is to be thrown to the dogs, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. In other words, salvation and walking in salvation, right? So I'm going to gain Christ and be found in him. I find that so interesting. I could spend a lot of time on that or pondering that. But we're going to move on. It says, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So this is the opposite of the culture at that time. Righteousness coming from the law was super important to a Hebrew among Hebrews. But to a follower of Christ, a righteousness that comes through faith in Christ is more important. And this is true for Paul in his day and for us, regardless of the cultural context So again, we're just shifting our, fixing our gaze on Christ instead of all those things that we think are so important. And I think somehow we think they're important and therefore we think they're important to Christ. But I think we're missing the point on there. But let's just move on. I want to know Christ, Paul says. Yes, Lord, I agree. I have prayed this prayer a thousand times, a thousand times. And I want to know him. But Paul Holy cow, listen to what he really wants to experience or what he's willing to experience to really know Christ. He says, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. All right, I'm right there with you. And participation in his sufferings. Are you following? Are you tracking? Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now, I think we're all about the power of the resurrection and attaining the resurrection of the dead. But I really don't think we like this whole suffering and dying business. And we talked about this extensively in episode 286 when we spent some time in Romans. I encourage you to go back to listen to that episode. Spend some time there. Uh, We learned that we're united with Christ in death. To sin, And we are united with Christ in resurrection, walking in newness of life. And any study that you did that week is definitely going to help you understand this part in a deeper way. But we're going to move on to verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take a hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it, but one thing I do... Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So this is where we started. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Forgetting the gain and the garbage and straining toward what is ahead. Pressing on to take a hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me and what is that what is that we're straining for the high calling of god the unity and resurrection and restoration and glorification not just heaven like we think of heaven in this ambiguous better than here sort of way but heaven in all its glory in all its purpose in Just this idea that we are with him, that we know him, and that we're with Jesus. We'll be face to face with him. But it takes a forgetting and pressing and straining kind of life for us to reach toward that. It takes a burn the ships kind of life. And Paul did not go back to trying to earn righteousness through the law or through what the culture says made him big stuff. I mean, he's writing this letter from a prison, for goodness sake. Paul had his eyes looking forward. Imperfect progress, but progress, forward momentum, pressing and straining because Christ was everything to him which means he had a taste of him that compelled him in this way. You know, maybe you're compelled by the stronghold of sin in your life. Maybe you're compelled by your addictions or you're compelled to sink back into the tragedy of your story, or you're compelled by the accusing voice, accusing voice in your head to stay paralyzed, which by the way, the accusing voice, if it's an accusation, it's always the enemy. But, Just like for King and Country says, I urge you to burn the ships. Yes, this adventure with Christ includes death and suffering, but it also includes freedom and resurrection and unity and newness of life. Burn the ships, my friend. Strain, press on, eyes fixed on the prize, life with Christ forever in perfection. So what's next? Well, read Paul's letter to the Philippians. Listen to it a few more times in various translations. Then sit down, slow down, and really process what you're reading. Maybe grab a friend and try to explain it to them. Ponder what you would put on your gain list. Ponder what you would put on your everything else list. Consider what you are grasping tightly to uh, on, on either list that you could then let go so that your hands are free to strain toward what is ahead. And while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at com. You can hop on Twitter at michellekneesat or Instagram at michellekneesat or on Facebook. Michelle L. Neesat is my public page. And we can talk about what you're learning Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Lynn from Wisconsin, Safana from Florida, Matthew from New York, V from Australia, Sue from Texas, and Siobhan from California welcome now new subscribers to my website benefit in this way i send you a one-page resource of my top five bytes that i've used on the podcast it's a really great place to start subscribers also benefit from an email i send once a week and in that email you get a link to the memory verse resource to display on your smartphone tablet desktop or you can print it out you get an email recap of the week's episode and sometimes i create a little extra for my podcast episodes from time to time and you would have first access to that. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellenizat.com to subscribe today. And have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Well, this not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using the song Reason by Unspoken to help us dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 289. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation.